You bow with me. Heavenly Father, we humbly bow before you this evening. We thank you so much for all the blessings you've given us. We thank you for this opportunity that we can come here and to worship you, to sing songs of praise unto you, and to come to you in this avenue of prayer. Lord, we're thankful for all the blessings that you've given us. You've blessed us far beyond that which we deserve, and we thank you so much for it. Lord, we know that there are many that are associated with this congregation and with the various different families here that are dealing with illnesses and that are unable to be here. And Lord, we ask that you be with them and restore them to their health that they so much desire and that they might return to us once again. Lord, we ask that you please be with John as he delivers the message this evening that the words that he has prepared for us, that they might be in accordance with your will and that they might edify us and encourage us to be more faithful servants of yours. Lord, we ask that you forgive us of our sins. We know there are times where we do things that we ought not to do and we go beyond what your word has said and for those transgressions, Lord, we ask your forgiveness. But also, Lord, there are times where we know what to do and know what we should do and choose not to do it. And for those things, Lord, we also ask for your forgiveness. Lord, please grant us the strength that we might serve you and to be able to further the borders of your kingdom. We ask that you keep us from temptation and to open doors of opportunity for us that we might be able to share the gospel with those that are around us, that we might be able to point them to your Son. Lord, all the things that we do here this evening, we ask that they might be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Those who did not have a chance to partake of the Lord's Supper, we've got it set up and help set our minds. We'll sing, O Master, Let Me Walk With Thee. O Master, let me walk
Before we pray, I'll read just a few verses from Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 5. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. Then I said, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. First he said, Sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, Here I am. I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Let us pray. Father, we are so privileged and thankful that this plan was made in the heavenly places whereby we could be brought back into fellowship with you we could be made holy again through the body and the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you as we partake of this, uh, this emblem, the, the bread. We thank you that that body was sacrificed, that he was willing to do it, and that you were willing to allow it. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Since that verse was up there, I'll go ahead and read it again before the prayer for the fruit of the vine. Hebrews 9, verse 22. Actually, I'll back up a couple verses. He said, This is the blood of the covenant which God commanded you to keep. In the same way, he sprinkled with the blood both the tabernacle and everything used in its ceremonies. In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Let us pray. Lord, again, we thank you for your son's willingness to sacrifice his blood. He he shed all of it for us. By its perfection, we're all cleansed. We're all made holy. It's hard to imagine. Lord, we, we thank you for that, and we pray that, that it will impact our lives the way that you intend. In Jesus' name, amen.
Now completely separate from the Lord's Supper, just as a convenience at this time, we'll uh, remind you that if you have a, a contribution that you want to make, there's the boxes in the back, and uh, pray that you'll give generously and give with the right, with the right spirit, the right attitude. Lord, we know that you bless us in so many ways, not just the spiritual ones that we've just reflected on. But you, you give us food, you give us clothing, you give us families, you give us homes to live in, this beautiful building to worship, worship in. <clears throat> you give us our jobs. You give us so much materially, Father. You give us the very air that we breathe. And Lord, we pray that, that by recognizing your generosity, your care, the way that you take care of us, we pray that we'll be generous giving back towards the work that we do here to spread, spread your kingdom, to, to be able to help each other, to be able to help people in the community, to be able to, to share with people in foreign lands who are working hard to spread the gospel. Please bless our gift, Father. Bless our hearts and our attitudes to, to be in concert with your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Where John brings us our lesson, we'll sing, He Leadeth Me. He leadeth me.
Hi. How's it going? Hope everybody had a great day. I had a pretty good day. I went to my dad's house and hung out. It was pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> thankfully, pretty uneventful. So, <clears throat> tonight, the main text for what I will be speaking about is James chapter 3, verse 17. James 3:17. I'll be reading out of the English Standard Version. But the wisdom from above is pure, first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. Uh, gentleness mentioned as a a fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. How long has it been since you last prayed for gentleness, to be gentle? I pray that we would so exhibit the spirit of gentleness that people that come here that need something like that experience it. Hopefully they encounter gentleness here. In some versions of the Bible, being gentle is replaced with being meek, depending on the translation. And meekness can be defined in a few different ways. It can mean humble, it can even mean submissive. And it can also mean gentle strength under control. And, and for the purposes of this sermon tonight, I wanna lean more toward that particular definition of it. That's the lens I'd like to, for us to all see it through. Now, if you were to open your Bible to Galatians 5, in verses 19 to 23, you'd see that gentleness stands in direct contrast to the works of the flesh with Paul, and, and Paul points this out before he gets to the fruit. And the works of the flesh include enmity and strife, rivalries, dissensions, divisions. In my opinion, gentleness is kind of the counterpart to anger. And it is, along with the rest of the fruit, an outpouring of the love of God through his children. And I find that gentleness has two main thrusts. First, I believe it involves submission to God in his word and all his works. And secondly, I think it lies in our consideration of other people. Uh, these things, I believe, we can only truly find completely and perfectly in our Lord Jesus. And in, in, in fact, in, in one sense, in, in relationship to this, the, the totality of this Christian orb of, of godliness, as well as in relationship to the individual aspects, to think gentleness is to think Jesus. When you think of gentleness, think Jesus. Now, James, in the passage that we read, uh, the brother of our Lord urges us to conduct ourselves with, with wisdom. And a, a wisdom, which he goes on to say, is not only pure and peaceable, but it is gentle as well. Now, we, we live in, in a society where being gentle is arguably not a, a commonly admired quality. And that's why you see in trying to make the gospel an attractive thing in a culture as spiritually dark as ours, uh, these are characteristics that are, that are wonderful. 
And that's why Paul in his epistles, I, I think he wrote so often about how we are to behave. And then in talking about how we are to behave, I, I think in my opinion it kind of comes to a head in Galatians 3 and 27 when Paul says for those of you who have been baptized into Christ have, have put him on, we've put him on. You know, as if to say, you know, don't, don't you get it? Don't you get it? Now we have, we have new clothes. We have a new set of clothes. You're wearing new clothes. I'm wearing new clothes. And we, this should unify us in the church and separate us very clearly from the world. We should look different. We should behave different. Now, tonight, tonight the question I have for you, are you wearing your old clothes? Are you still wearing your old clothes? Are you wearing your old clothes at the store? At work? In a restaurant? In dealing with people online? Are you still wearing those old clothes when you're talking politics with someone? Take off the garments of your pre-converted life. Be sure that you're wearing what has been provided to you by the grace of God. There's an old hymn, an old hymn called Come Down, O Love Divine. I don't think it's in our book, but it's kind of awesome. There's a good lyric in it. It says, um, and lowliness become my inner clothing. True lowliness of heart, which takes the humbler part. Beautiful song. It's my hope that this wonderful miracle that God has performed transforms us and shows itself to others. I'd, I'd like to take a look at a couple different bits of scripture. First, I'd like to look at Isaiah in chapter 40. Isaiah 40, verse 11. Isaiah 40, 11, he will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. So you see that he tends his flock. He has a general care for those who are his own. The lambs he gathers and carries, a sovereign and mighty God stooping down into our little lives to care for us in this gentle way. Next, I'd like us to turn just a few pages over to Isaiah 42. In Isaiah 42, I'll start with verse 1. <clears throat> Behold, my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break. So you see, at the end of the day, he's going to put the wrong things right. He's going to put the wrong things to rest. He brings justice to the nations. And when this servant steps forward that Isaiah is prophesying about in verse 2, you'll notice he's not a bully. He's not a bully. He doesn't cry aloud. He doesn't lift up his voice. He's not ostentatious, right? He's not looking for a fight. He's tender. He's tender and so much so that a, a bruised reed he will not break. 
And in this part of Isaiah, it, it's quoted in Matthew 12. And Jesus was healing people, right? Another example of him caring and, and dealing gently with the hurting. Another example I'd like to look at is in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Zechariah 9, 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey. The king of the universe, the creator of it all, the Lord of glory, as he steps down into space and time and putting on skin, gently and humbly, we sing two great songs here in this congregation. I'm so grateful for the singing here in this congregation. Love the old hymns very, very much. <clears throat> there are two songs in particular that deal with this idea of Jesus being humble and gentle and meek. Hark the gentle voice of Jesus falleth tenderly upon your ear. Sweet his cry of love and pity calleth. Turn and listen, stay and hear. Ye that labor and are heavy laden, lean upon your dear Lord's breast. There's another song we sing here, like the last one. This one is also uh, a quotation of Matthew 11 and 28 and 30. O heart bowed down with sorrow, O eyes that long for sight. There's gladness in believing, in Jesus there is light. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Now after the resurrection of Jesus, in terms of an apologetic testimony to the truthfulness of Christianity, in my opinion, probably the most compelling testimony and argument in defense of Christian truthfulness is the conversion of Saul of Tarsus. Anyone who reads that story realizes there's been this insane, radical change, right? And we know it was radical. We know it was dramatic, not only because we read about it, but I mean, he was such a tyrant, such a tyrant. He approved the execution of Stephen, right? The execution of Stephen is in Acts chapter seven and we hear that Paul approved it in the beginning of Acts chapter eight. He was such a fearful figure. You know, he's, he was ruthless and worse yet he had a lot of knowledge. <laughs> it's usually not a good combination. And what in the world happened to him? What in the world happened to him? Well, he was transformed by the power of Christ. And the work of the Holy Spirit in his life was to produce the fruit of the Spirit in his life. So much so that when he wrote to the Thessalonians, he was able to say to them that we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. What? Are you kidding me? What, Mr. Mr. Slaughter, Mr. Threatening, Mr. Approving of Execution, yes, yes. Now his life has changed. He's wearing the new clothes, you see. In chapter 10 of Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, 
He says he is entreating them by the meekness and the gentleness of Christ. Now I wonder, was this incurring, re, excuse me, recurring emphasis on gentleness a reminder to him of the wonder of God's grace? I, I spoke, it wasn't the last sermon, but the sermon before last, I, I asked it, did Paul just put down his pen and weep there when he's trying to comprehend the love of God? I think this is another reason. Think how far he has come. He went. Think how far. How far have you come? Where were you? I'd like to take a minute. I'd like us all to just sit here for a minute. Think. Think back to before you were a Christian. How were you living? How were you thinking? What were you feeling? What were your actions? Just take a moment. How far is it? How far have you come? Where'd your mind go just now? I don't know about you, I can't see into your hearts and minds, but I can tell you this about myself. I now have a very, very deep appreciation for the lyrics of the song, Years I Spent in Vanity and Pride. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. Is that true for you? It's very, very true for me. Apart from the Spirit of God, I would know nothing of gentleness. Nothing. I'd still be drinking, for sure. I'd, I'd be looking for all my answers at the bottom of a bottle. I'd do any drug you put in front of me. It was a mess. A mess. Paul was the persecutor. I was an addict and we have been shown mercy. What, are, what were you? What were you? Where was your life before Jesus? Psalm 139, 23 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Now I know, right, none of us are, are, are perfect here. We all make mistakes. We all do bad things we shouldn't. We all fail to do good things that we should from time to time. And we suffer if we fail to face up to those mistakes, confront them and live with them and bring them to the cross. If we try to ignore them or hide them, we will find at least this, in my opinion, at least this we will find, that our fellowship with God has been spoiled, that our usefulness to him has been diminished, and I think that the loss of abiding fellowship with God and the usefulness in his service can be tracked back to an unrepentant heart. Repentance as such is a daily activity for me. And it's, I think it's easy sometimes to talk about the submission that comes with a repentant heart when everything's going well. We sing the song sometimes here, sing and be happy. What a lovely thought, but it's not so simple all the time, is it? The sun doesn't always shine. 
And I don't know about in your lives, but in my life, patience and gentleness didn't develop in tranquility. In my life, they developed in trials and difficulty. So these very things that I don't want to have happen in my life are the very things that make me the full and useful person that God wants me to be. I don't want to stand up here and admit to you that I'm an alcoholic. I don't, I don't like it, but somehow I, I do it every time I'm up here. I'd like to be able to sit down with friends, watch the game, and have a beer and have nothing happen. Of that weakness that I have, God has made me useful to others. Right? Volunteering at the rehab and going to meetings and, and trying to help others, that's my particular mission. So I'll do what I can for God without the alcohol. Have you ever had to look inside yourself and give something up, right? Perhaps it's not something physical like it was for me, right? I, I used that physical thing to mask what was going on inside of me. I had a lot more work to do, a lot more searching. Have you ever had something inside of you that you needed to dig up and get out, something you needed to lay at the foot of the cross? You ever performed a, a spiritual MRI, as it were? When you did, did you find a gentle spirit? Did you find a spirit that responds to the needs and concerns of others? I have to ask myself, am I considerate? Am I generous? Am I fair in my dealings with others? How are you? Are we rigid or exacting and demanding? Are we prepared to be gentle and sensitive to the pressures and insecurities that are the portion of those we come in contact with? Do we show consideration to the mail carrier, the waitress, the checkout clerk, the bank teller? Do we tell ourselves that we are standing on principle when in fact we're really just insisting on our own opinions? Are we becoming increasingly compassionate and genial and reasonable and kind? Or are you finding yourself having any difficulty with any of those things? I know from time to time I certainly do. I, I don't wake up <laughs> in the most spiritual mood. It takes some time. Now the good news is we have an example for living. Right? Remember. Remember, there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. None else could heal all our soul's diseases. No, not one. No friend like him is so high and holy, and yet no friend is so meek and lowly. There's not an hour that he is not near us. No night so dark, but his love can cheer us. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There is not a friend like the lowly Jesus, no, not one. What do you, what do you, what do, you do when, you, 
when you're not gentle with someone? What do you do when you behave in a way that you shouldn't? Right? My, my initial response is to hide my face and kind of walk away and, 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 and be embarrassed and then, <laughs> then, then get the gumption to go say something later. You know, um, hopefully, a, a, a solid relationship with God the Father through Christ fueled by the Holy Spirit, can get us to a point where we are treating people well, treating people as if Jesus died for them. Wouldn't that be nice? I'd love to see that in politics personally. Why don't we treat each other like Jesus died for us? If, if you need something tonight, right? if you've found yourself not wearing the new clothes, if you found yourself wearing the old clothes, if you found yourself just having a hard time in general. In just a sec, uh, Chuck is going to walk back up here and I'll walk down there and, and then we'll start singing a song. Feel free to, to come on up. We'll sit down and, and talk about it for a little bit and ultimately it's going to be okay. I appreciate your time and attention. Thanks. Tenderly calling Thank you, John. John always does a good job. Um, Mike did an excellent job this morning with the Father's Day sermon, too. So we're, we're blessed to have uh, great guest speakers. Um, I appreciate them very much. So thank you. Thank you all. Uh, grab yourself a bulletin if you get a chance. They're out in the foyer. they got all kinds of good stuff. There's a poem on the front, too. You can uh, never can pass up some good poetry. A um, couple things to mention. Food pantry for the month of June. We are collecting tuna and tuna helper. So tuna helper needs tuna to help it and uh, pass it along. We're going to be using that to get us the food pantry. It offsets the cost of that uh, between the church budget and the cash donations. That helps a lot. So it makes things go a lot farther. I guess like the tuna helper, right? Just makes it go farther. So uh, a couple other things. Graduation celebration. Next Sunday night we have graduation celebration. We had to move that. So that'll be next Sunday night. Bring finger foods, bring desserts, 
Bring the homemade green ice cream, as it said on the slideshow, right? Bring some homemade ice cream. That's always the big thing we do. And we're going to celebrate Tim Boudreaux and Marquette. Um, coming up Wednesday week, as my wife would say, on June 28th, we're going to have singing night on a Wednesday night. We're going to learn some songs that we're not so familiar with, maybe. So what our plans are, we're going to start doing that on the last Wednesday of every month. We're going to just have a singing night just specially for that. But before that, we're having food. So this month, it's tacos and singing. So it's tacos and singing on June 28th. Come join us if you can. Tacos at 6, singing at 7. That same week, the senior adults are going to Golden Corral. You're going to load up the bus and go to Golden Corral. It's a no-judgment zone. Anything you want to dip in the chocolate fountain, you're welcome to do it. So desserts, chicken, we don't care. Have a good time with that. I would. So. Um, what else? Uh, school supply giveaway. Uh, see Matt, see Sue Coleman Sharp or Sue Shoemate. Uh, there's a list of supplies that they're getting in the, on the bulletin board in the hallway. So you can do that. We're going to give those away July 31st. Now for, oh, something else we're giving away, air conditioner filters. I know not every church in the world gives away air conditioner filters, but we are. Um, with having seven air conditioners, they all have different size filters. And as they get replaced, they have different size air conditioner filters. So we have some 16 by 20s and the very odd 16 by 25. If that fits your needs, grab a few on the way out. Um, they are not necessarily new, and they may be several years old, but take a few. Um, that's about it. Oh, the prayer, prayer lists. Um, I'll read a note from the nobles first. Please keep our youngest son, Kyle, in prayer for health concerns. Also, we ask for continued prayers for all our sons, specifically that they will live for the Lord first and foremost. Thank you, Irvin and Lynn Nobles. So please pray for Kyle and the other boys. Um, Leah Robinson, the, uh, I talked to Chuck a little while ago, uh, the cardiologist and the neurologist both have said that they expect a full recovery. And that's a very positive thing. It's a very positive. Those kind of guys don't usually go all out on that kind of thing. So it's good news. Uh, Paul Securo's son had a stroke on Monday. He's in Saudi Arabia. He's far away. Um, but Paul's granddaughter flew over there. Now they have someone to, to speak to the doctors and help. And they say he's, he's getting better. So that's a positive thing. Betty Larner's going to have shoulder surgery on Wednesday. Um, after the fall she had a few weeks ago. And Heidi Dietrich. Heidi uh, watches online and joins in on the Bible classes and stuff. Heidi is going into a long-term nursing care, is my understanding. I think Heidi's my age, so that's a, that's a tough move, but that's where she needs to be right now. So pray for Heidi. That's about it. Join us Wednesday night. Bible study in here on Wednesday night. Um, Matt's gone, so I'm going to pick up on Romans 8, just where he left off. Unless somebody wants to fight me for that, I don't even have to fight hard. I'll just trade for whatever. Um, but anyways, expect that. Join us here. Join us online. Uh, stay faithful until we join again. Stay gentle. Wear the new clothes everywhere you go. If you're able, please stand. I just want to add a little bit to what Doug said. Um, two weeks ago, Leah coded no more than five times and was brought back. And two weeks from now, where we're at now, they're telling her that she's going to have a full recovery. Prayer really works. Let's be the
Shall we pray? Our God and our Father, once again we thank you for this beautiful day that we've had, that we can come here and, and sing praises to you and, and learn more from your word. This evening we're especially thankful for John, that he was willing to come and, and, and share your word in, in a lesson that was easy to understand, that, that we might be able to, to, to follow, to be closer to you. At this time, Father, as we're leaving, we're especially mindful for the prayer. We're especially prayerful for the for the ones that was mentioned, the that that you'll continue to to to, to look over them and, and continue to be with them. Especially for, for Leah Robinson, for Kyle Noble, and for Paul Securo's son. We pray, Father, that, that you'll continue to, to, to heal them and, and that they might be be healthy someday again soon. Go with us now and forgive us of our sins. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.